fun. You know, we're, we're, we're recording live now. Um, but we are here at NYU World Water Day. It's actually Monday, so it's World Water Week alongside Isabel Vasquez. Isabel, how are you doing today? I'm doing good. How are you? I'm doing well. Happy World Water Week. Uh, happy World Water Week. <laughs> Yay. So we're, we're here at NYU. Uh, tell us a little bit about kind of you and how you got here today to presenting what we'll talk, what we'll talk about. Uh, so uh, currently I'm a student at Manhattan College. I'm doing my master's in environmental engineering. Um, but it wasn't always that way. I, always, I didn't always know what I wanted to do. Environmental engineering didn't even cross my mind until like senior year of high school. Uh, when I was thinking about what I wanted to do, I knew I wanted to have an impact on um, community work and social, the social aspect of whatever I was gonna do. And engineering was sort of the last place that I thought I could find that. Um, but you know, there's a lot of work in engineering that needs to be done in order to bridge the gap between the social world and the engineering world. So what motivates me to do engineering is hopefully one day I'll be able to work on projects that really have an impact on the community level. Um, but as for the research that I'm presenting today, it's uh, basically modifying membranes for water reuse within the textile industry. The textile industry, you know, is about 20% of global industrial waste. Everyone water. in this room is wearing a textile. <laughs> Literally. So, um, you know, we want to be conscious of the water that this industry is emitting. Uh, you know, the textile industry water has high concentrations of dyes, which can be carcinogenic, and high salt concentrations, which can make it difficult to treat. So, essentially, the purpose of my research is to get the textile industry to reuse their own water to get it clean enough where they can you know have a circular economy within their own industry um, so we accomplished that by doing a series of tests to see uh, how many layers of graphene oxide and polyethylenamine would be needed in order to uh, successfully reduce um, dye concentrations as well as salt concentrations uh, what we found is that uh, between the methylene blue dye and the EBT dye, that the EBT dye did reject a lot more. And, you know, the higher amount of bilayers that you have of PEI and GO, the more rejection you were going to see. Uh, these results were pretty promising. And hopefully more research is done in this in the future. It can be tailored to each plant's performance and what dyes each plant uses in order to uh, successfully reduce dyes and salt concentrations. So you were, you were adding this PEI and GO to the membrane, so it was allowing it to capture the, the salts and the dyes better, or was it making the salts and the dyes bigger? So graphene oxide specifically has a lot of properties that enhance um, removal in general of these, uh, is able to uh, sort of absorb the contaminants onto the outside surface layer. Mm -hmm. um, so that's sort of where that came into play. Okay, and I love what you said at the beginning of connecting social and engineering, and then a lot of this kind of to the, so what? The, what does this mean next? And, and what, what could this mean, or what's this kind of in, in a application to textile manufacturers or partners that were within the fashion supply chain like what what does what do you think are the impacts of why we need to uh, consider this well you know in certain areas around the world uh, water scarcity is a really big issue and with these textile industries producing you know massive amounts of textiles and dying massive amounts of textiles it's important to keep uh, the local community 
in consideration. So, you know, hopefully with research like this and research that other people may contribute, like we'll be able to solve that problem and sort of give the people back their water. Yeah, I mean, a textile is, it's like something that's so ingrained within our life. We're all wearing clothes in here. We're all wearing textiles. And I think some of us don't really realize the, the true impact that textiles have. But granted, everything that humans do has a negative externality. Us breathing right now, us recording this podcast has a negative externality. That doesn't make you a bad person. But when thinking about how can we do textiles more effectively, how can we produce them better, how can we recycle them better, that ties into a lot of your research. And so it's, it's really important stuff. Yep, definitely, for sure. So what, what, uh, what excites you? I mean, you, you see that you, you mentioned how ultimately that more research can be done about this. Is, there any, is it something with this or something else excite you about some of the technology and opportunity here? Uh, well, I guess I'll talk a little bit about my current research. Uh, right now, I'm uh, doing research trying to get petroleum-related contaminants out of water, which would have, uh, you know, high potentials in especially the industries, you know, where you're trying to extract oil from, you know, underground. Uh, so there's a lot of, I guess, membrane in terms of water reuse. Membrane application is, you know, on the up. It's very much a lot of people are adopting that technology. So now we need to figure out how can we best use it and what industries could benefit it from it the most. I mean, no shortage of opportunity with need for that. And if you could give us a little insight of how are you going about trying to remove petroleum it, it com components within water? So uh, recently, a group of students at Manhattan College actually uh, have been working on doing that using UV light and also incorporating titanium oxide uh, into the water to see how that combination of titanium oxide can assist with the reduction of these petroleum-related contaminants in addition with UV light. Coming from a non-true water engineer, I'm always trying to be a wa wannabe water engineer, but it, it's interesting to think about how it's a lot of ways of adding or subtracting something to a light to then extract it better with a, a filter or something. Is that mostly correct? Yeah, that's mostly correct. <laughs> Definitely water engineers have to work hand-in-hand uh, -hand with chemical engineers and chemists because, you know, as an environmental engineer, you get a lot of uh, sort of education on design. But chemistry is, even for me, like chemistry isn't, you know, my number one, like I'm not that great at chemistry. So it's definitely important to be working with other engineers and chemists along Again, the way. Again, the importance of, of communicating across the aisle and, 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 and needing all the stakeholders at the table yep. when talking about ways that we're addressing these big, wicked problems that exist within the, the our relationship with water. For sure. So people want to get a hold of you. I see your email down there, the program. What would be the best way for someone to connect with you? Um, if you would like to connect me, with me, you could send me an email at ivasquez01 at manhattan.edu. Isabel, it's been a pleasure. Thanks for everything you're doing, and I'm excited to see what's next. Thank you. Great. Until next time. <laughs>